Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Thank you guys. Appreciate that. Awesome. Well, we're going to get into the Word. Why don't we stand and pray? And I want you to pray a simple prayer with me, and I know you know it, so let's pray it together. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would speak to my heart. You'd change my life. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And help that preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, this morning I wanted to, uh, to look at a passage of Scripture uh, in Luke chapter 18. In Luke chapter 18. And I, the title of my message today is Loved, Not Labeled. Loved, Not Labeled. And I like what Jesus says here in Luke chapter 18, verse 9. It says, And he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. He spoke this parable specifically for people who were self-righteous, who trusted in themselves, in their own goodness, in their own works, and they despised others. And there's a reason I believe Jesus gave this parable we're going to see. Um, as we move on in this message. And here's the parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. Okay, that's a good thing. How many know going up to the temple to pray is a good thing? So doing the right thing. They're going to pray. They're going to spend time with God. And one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. All right? Um, A Pharisee basically in the Scripture, and most of us know this, was a student of the Scripture. So if someone was a Pharisee, they studied the Old Testament, they studied the Torah, they knew the Word of God, they studied the Scripture, so they were students of the Scripture. And the tax collector, um, the tax collector we know was really despised by Jews. And I find it so funny every time the Scripture talks about Jesus sitting down, it didn't say with drunkards and sinners or, you know, prostitutes and sinners, it was always tax collectors and sinners, because tax collectors in those days were not good people. All right. They always took a little money off the top. They were despised by the Jews because the Roman Empire was there, and, and they were under the, the stronghold of the Roman Empire. And so the tax collector was, was taking their money, and, and it was building and strengthening the Roman Empire. Right, And they were waiting for Jesus. They're waiting for the Messiah. Many of them didn't know it was Jesus, but they're waiting for the Messiah to come to establish the kingdom on earth. And so they felt they were helping the Roman Empire instead of the coming kingdom, all right? And so we see here in verse 11, it says, The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. So he was having a little prayer with himself. Okay, look what he says. Um, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. And that's the first mistake he made. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none of us who can escape this situation because we've all sinned. We've been born into sin. So there's no difference between him and other men. But he says, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other men. Now, the Bible says, in all things give thanks. So he started right, but then he began to compare himself to other men, which is a big mistake. And look what it says here. He he begins to uh, list the men that he's not like extortioners, 
unjust people, and adulterers. And then he looked over and he saw the man who was praying next to him, the tax collector. And he said, I thank God I'm not like this guy, a tax collector. And you see, he began to compare himself. Um, and he should have known, because as, as someone who studied the Old Testament, he should have known that Jeremiah 17.9 says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Right? And we see in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, as I've already said, is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we see this that um, pride will begin to generalize. You just generalize, you, you know, you compare yourselves to, the, the, to a bunch of people. But then after a while, pride will begin to um, focus on individuals, and you begin to compare yourselves with one another. All right? But then let's look at the prayer of the tax collector in Luke chapter 18, verse 13. It says here, And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but he began to beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me, a sinner. And so the tax collector came with a humble attitude, and he said, God, I need you. I'm a sinner. I'm dependent on your grace. I'm dependent on you. And he cried out from a place of humility. You see the difference between the two? All right? Another thing that the, uh, I missed this part here, another thing that the... Um, the Pharisee said, he said, after he compared himself, he said in verse 12, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And so he began to say, these are the things I do. These are the good works I do. Oh, no, pride is very dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. And I think even as when we're coming into the kingdom, we have to come in humility. And in the same way, we have to stay and work and live in the kingdom in a spirit of humility. And it's so easy to begin to compare ourselves one with another. And Jesus was dealing with this attitude. And Jesus says here, okay, he says, I tell you, this man, the, the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone, say everyone, who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. And I don't know about you, but we need to remain in a place with God that, that despite the scripture we learn, we just did a highway to wholeness, and it teaches you the strategy of how to do spiritual warfare and how to overcome the enemy of our soul. How many know that's a good thing? But if you walk out of a course like that and begin to have thoughts, well, I'm further along than other people, you failed because you've moved right back into pride. But we have to have that attitude and that heart where we come before God and say, God, I need you. I, I need you. Without you, I'm nothing. I need your spirit. Paul said, it's, it, it's in my weakness that I'm made strong. And so we have to be able to realize, though we're heirs with Christ, without him, we can do nothing. And we have to have a heart of humility. Amen? God wants us to, I did a message a little while about pride. And I said, and it's based out of the book of James, said, God resists the proud, but God gives grace to the humble. And in order to make space for grace, we have to drive pride aside in our lives. We have to remember the places we've come from. And when we approach people, we're able to talk to them from a place of brokenness. And say, you know what, listen, I, I came in a sinner God saved me by his grace. I'm, I'm better off than I was. I'm saved. I'm on the road 
to sanctification, and I'm no better than you, and I want to bring you with me. And you introduce him to the grace of God. But when you come from the attitude that, well, you know what? Uh, I thank you, God, I'm not like my neighbor. We don't leave justified. How many hear what I'm saying? And so Jesus is laying this out, and Jesus is explaining this parable. And, uh, and I believe it very interesting that he did so, because in the very next chapter, they're, they're leaving. And I believe he was, he was giving this parable to teach his disciples, his followers, something very, very important, because he left one town, now he's going to the next town, and his disciples begin to see this parable play out before their eyes. And we read it in chapter 19, verse 1. And then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. So he's not just a tax collector. He's a, he's a chief. He's a head honcho. So they really don't like him. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus. He, he said, I, I want to I know Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I want to have an encounter with Jesus. Listen, we're going to have people in this next year, I believe it's going to be a year of harvest, where people are going to come in and we're going to go, who are they? But they're coming because they want to see Jesus. They're coming because they want to get a good look at Jesus. And look what the Bible says here. He could not come. He couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead, and he humbled himself. Basically, this would be a real silly thing to do. But he wanted to see Jesus so bad, he didn't care what people would think about him, the chief, you know, the big shot in the Armani suit. He didn't care. He climbed a tree. Look what it says here. He climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and he saw him, and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. Isn't that good? And Jesus saw him, and Jesus didn't label him. Oh, there's a tax collector. Oh, there's a town prostitute. You know, oh, there, that person's an adulterer. He didn't do that. He saw someone who was willing and hungry to see and know him. And he said, today, I'm going to eat at your house. Isn't that good? And so today, I'm going to eat with you. Now, I want you to see verse 6. Now, verse 6 uh, summarizes the word pride. Say pride. pride. So we're going to look at what pride looks like. So Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house. In great excitement and joy. He was excited. He was going to spend time with Jesus. Okay, let, let's look what happens here. Keep moving. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be a guest at a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Why would he go spend time with this sinner? He's, the, he's not just a tax collector. He's like the chief tax collector. Why? And they began to grumble. Why? Because they had pride in their hearts. Amen? Now, the next verse shows us a picture of humility. Say humility. Let's see the next verse. It says, Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. 
So see the humility. He says, listen, Lord, I, I, I've met you. I, I've heard your words, and I, I'm going to commit my life. I'm sure he had a good conversation with the Lord. He said, I'll give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people, I'm going to give back four times. And so we see humility. We see a brokenness. So the first before, we saw the followers of Jesus saying, we don't like the fact that he's hanging out with sinners, tax collectors. But meanwhile, Zacchaeus humbled himself and said, Lord, I'm going to repent. Repent just means change your mind, change your ways. All right? And then, so the first verse we saw pride in verse 6 and 7. Verse 8, we saw humility. Now, verse 9, we're going to see grace. Say grace. Here's verse 9. Let's read it. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. And, and here's the thing. Jesus said, salvation has come to this house. But then it wasn't just salvation. Look what he says here. It's so important. Because he is also a son of Abraham. To be a Jew and to be called a son of Abraham was like the greatest honor you could. To be a son of Abraham. The promised son. I mean, that's awesome. And he said, listen, I'm not going to label you the tax collector. You're no longer the sinner. You're a son of Abraham. Amen? And I'm going to say this. In life, we get lots of labels on our lives. People put labels on us all the time from the time we're children. Some good, some bad. But when you get saved, not only has salvation come to your house, but today God takes off the labels and he puts a new label on you. Amen? So here's the thing. Not only has salvation come to your house, but he labels you a son of Abraham. Amen? You don't have to go by the labels that were put on you. Growing up, the things people have said about you that are negative. You're a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Amen? And so you're a new person. And unfortunately, what's happened many times is because people are struggling in their own lives. They label us and they put their issues on us. And I want to look at a couple passages before we close here. In James chapter 3, verse 6 to 14, it says this. Among your body parts, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Amen? People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish. No man can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing pour out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. And, and, and so as believers, we have to be careful that we don't follow suit and use our words to speak death over people or speak shame into their life or guilt amen we we want to come like jesus and we want to see we want to see the good in people we want to lead them to god we want to lead them to christ but we want to speak life over them amen i want to show you a scripture here in romans chapter 3 verse 10 and 14 it says this we'll go to romans chapter 3 as the scripture says no one is righteous not even one verse 11 keep moving to verse 13 no one is truly wise. No one is seeking after God. Verse 12. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. Verse 13. 
Their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Their tongue is filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. And I, I looked up this word in the King James that actually uses the word asps. It says in their throat is like asps. The word asp is a small and most venomous serpent, the bite of which is fatal unless the bitten part is immediately cut away. That's how powerful our words can be, like a venomous serpent that bites and poisons people. Amen? And it says here in verse, if we go to James, or verse, um, oh, I didn't, I didn't give you guys the scripture, but it says this here in James, I'll, I'll read it to you here. It says, if you're wise in understanding God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitter, jealous, and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For wherever, wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. That's what the scripture says. Okay, Bitterness and jealousy is the fruit of selfish ambition. Selfishness opens the door to disorder and evil of every kind. And what happens is if we don't deal with selfishness, we are quick to label people. And so what I wanted to say this morning is that in our lives, there are people around us that if they're not saved, there's a selfish nature that's in us, and they begin to label others in order to protect themselves. And as believers, this ought not be, because God has said, I remove the labels, I remove all the pain of your past, you need to forgive, don't hold bitterness in your heart, let me, let my love that you're rooted in begin to wash away the labels. Amen? So you don't have to be like those before you who use words to label people negatively. Amen? Here, I wanted to read one last verse in verse 17. And I believe this is in James, uh, James chapter 3, verse 17. It says this. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle to, at all times, say all times, willing to yield to others full of mercy and good fruits and good deeds. It, always, it, it, it shows no favoritism and is always, say always, sincere. Now, this sounds to me like unconditional love, doesn't it? This is the kind of wisdom God has. Now, look, if someone in relationship always has pure intentions with you, wanting to always make peace with you, okay, someone who's always gentle with you, always willing to yield to your ideas, is not always like, this is my idea, is willing to listen to your ideas as well, okay? Um, always someone who's thinking of doing good things for you, who doesn't show favoritism when other people are around. I, I had friends in the past who were like my best buddies until I got around a certain other people, and then I was like, they didn't talk to me as much. Anyone experience that? That's favoritism. But if you had someone who treated you the same no matter what, no matter what you were going through, okay, when other people are around, and was always sincere, okay, you know what you would do? Uh, you would let your guard down, and you just relax. Amen? Because perfect love casts out fear. And I'm here to say today that God not only saved you, he didn't, salvation didn't just come to your house, 
but the labels come off because you're his beloved son, you're his beloved daughter. Amen? And so all the labels come off because of the perfect love that casts out all fear. And this is where it begins. This is where it begins. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, what is the length, what is the depth, what is the height, right? To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, okay? So here's, say, step number one. Christ dwells in your heart by faith. So you get saved, and by faith, you enter into the kingdom. You belong to God. So we enter in by faith. Step number two, okay, is the next step is we become rooted in his love as we spend time in his word. Amen? So our roots go deep into his love for us because this is a love story talking about how much God loves us and the covenant that he has with us. So our roots go deep into the love. Now, if you get saved and give your heart to Jesus and you don't spend time in the word, you don't get rooted. Amen? So step number one, you enter by faith. Step number two, you get rooted in love. And then the third step is then there begins to be a continuance of being filled with the fullness of God. And, and, and so many times I get around Christians that feel like, like we've arrived. You know, like it, does, it doesn't matter where you come from. Like we can't arrive because it's an ongoing relationship of growth from glory to glory to glory to glory with God. Amen? As I always say, not from glory to sorry. Glory, I'm sorry, Lord. But we're moving forward in the glory of God, getting to know his love. And the more we see him, the more we become like him. Amen? So in this next year, as God is beginning to fill this house with more and more people, we're going to have tax collectors and sinners. Amen? Coming in here, and we're going to look at them. We're going to say, today, salvation has come to your house. Amen? And some of you guys, I'm telling you, you have children that are not serving God. They, they have no interest in God. And you need to get around them. You know what my parents used to do? It was like they heap hot coals in my head. Because I'd come over. I'd be living in sin, backslidden as a teenager, dealing drugs. And I'd show up. And my mom and dad were like, oh, you're a man of God. There's a calling on your life. We're so proud of you. And I'd be like, you have no, like, stop saying that. You know, like I was just like, but they were speaking those things that be not as though they are. And God was able to work with that. Amen. And so that, let that be an encouragement for someone here today. Begin to speak the word of God, the promises of God that have been speak, spoken over your children. Begin to release them and speak to them in love and look for the good things in their lives. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's, be, let's stand. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the excitement that it brings in our lives, God, that while we were yet sinners, you, you were willing to come and die for us because you love people. You love us. You didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through you. And Father, you don't want anyone to end up in hell. You don't want anyone to be separated from you, God. It's your desire that all would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I know you're speaking to hearts today. If there's anybody in this place, you're away from the Lord or you've never had a relationship with the Lord. The Bible says all you need to do is call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. So with every 
head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus, we're going to pray together. If you want to lift your hands, I'm going to, we're going to pray. And Jesus is going to move in your life today. Is there anybody? Just lift your hand. I see those hands. It's awesome. Can we just pray together as a church? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for the sins of this world and to pay for my sins. I ask you to move into my life and be the Lord of my life. I repent of all wrongdoings and I accept you today in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray over every other person in this place. We're a family. We're the family of God. Lord, that we'd be able to go out of this place and that, Lord, you would gently by the Holy Spirit, you'd begin to work in us so that we would have the same heart as Jesus. Jesus. We'll look at those who are in deep sin differently. We'll see your love for them. We won't condone sin, but we're going to come with love and call them out of that place and into a relationship with you. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do that in our lives and our hearts this week. Let us be a people who live like Jesus and share his love with a hurting and dying world. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.